Tappers, what's going on? It is the Thursday edition of the Daily Tap. Everybody's doing well, getting yourself ready for Game 6. We'll talk a little bit about Game 6. We will choose our own adventure uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, we will talk about LeBron James's comments uh, yesterday in the craziness of yesterday. I wrote about that on Suntap WI. It was drunker than drunk. But we'll talk about LeBron's comments specifically. Why well, I think, as usual, LeBron missed the mark. Lastly, uh, the Brewers picked a good week to get swept, although you did let the Reds get back in, and why I would not be concerned too much about this offense um, sputtering in the last couple of days. But we did have some sputtering offense as well in basketball with the Milwaukee Bucks down the stretch. You guys know the deal. Uh, they collapsed in Game 5. Um, Kevin Durant went crazy. That's all you really need to know. We don't need to go back to Game 5. Game 6 is tonight at the Fiserv Forum. It's going to be rocking. It will be a full house. Um, the Deer District will be on fire until the rain comes. Um, there's some bad storms headed our way um, tomorrow tonight. So be careful if you're going to go out to the Deer District. That obviously inhibits what we're going to do at Brat House. Well, so we will be at Brat House, by the way. Uh, put that out there early. We at Brat House will be either in the beer garden or upstairs. Um, we've been very successful there. It's $3 tall boys tonight. I promise you this is not a paid ad for Brat House. Um, they are not paying me. They should um, for all the free advertising I have given them over the last, I don't know, two weeks. Um, but they are, they don't even acknowledge me, so that's okay. It probably shows where I am in the landscape of the world today. But that's here nor there. Um, I, I think we'll, but we'll be there. Um, but less, more important, the game itself, game six, it, it's going to be a really interesting game, right? Uh, the line last I saw was five and a half. The Bucks were favored. So Vegas is basically saying, look, we think that Brooklyn's going to lay down. And I thought that Bill Simmons kind of laid out an interesting strategy. He was similar to Reggie Miller. We talked about Reggie Miller yesterday on yesterday's show about how Reggie Miller's like, they should just rest their guys. They shouldn't even really play in game six and just get ready for game seven. Bill said essentially the same. He said Harden shouldn't play and they should basically shoot a bunch of threes early. If they don't go in and the Bucks take advantage, then just basically lay the foot off the gas and get ready for game seven. I think there, that is very possible. I think it's very possible we see something like that. Now, with what happened with Philadelphia yesterday, I will not think any lead is safe. Um, so yeah, I have a decent amount of confidence heading into this game because I just don't, I don't expect Brooklyn to sell out in this game. I don't expect Brooklyn, Kevin Durant to play 48 minutes. I don't expect James Harden to play 46 minutes. I think there's going to be a less lesser version of that. Kyrie Irving not playing tonight. He's already been ruled out. So I, I think that there is nothing that really is like, well, what could what could change things um, heading to Milwaukee? I mean, Jeff Green is starting to have that Jay Crowder, uh, Fred Van Vliet vibe where he's among those group of guys where we just, they've been thorns in the buck side as they randomly get hot. Maybe Jeff Green has another hot day, although role players tend to not show up as much on the road. We know this. So that's where I think there should be a lot of confidence in Milwaukee. They're undefeated at home. Um, they have, they just need to kind of figure out the isolation stuff. I think that, to me, is the biggest thing I care about tonight. 
more than anything else is how do we prevent isolation? What can we do to make sure the ball stays moving? What what do we what needs to happen? When guys are driving to the lane, whether it's Holiday, whether it's Giannis, are there other guys that are just sort of floating around and make sure that Giannis Holiday Middleton can find them as a cutter? or as they're out on the three-point corner. Like, what can we do to kind of keep that isolation not as a main part of this of this offense? Stat Muse had something, I just blogged it. 17, 11 of the last 17 possessions in the fourth quarter were from isolation, which is crazy. So that, that to me is also nuts. And also, too, if the Bucks do get out to a, a large lead early, like, Put your foot on the fucking throat. Do not fuck around. I think what happened to Milwaukee two days ago, they know that. I think after seeing what happened with Philadelphia yesterday, I think reinforces it even more, honestly, because Philly was pretty much done. Like, this game was over. And somehow, someway, Atlanta came back, and Philly just did not know what to do. They were absolutely shell-shocked. And I think it's reckless for people like Zach Lowe, who I love. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Zach Lowe, one of the best to ever do it, right? Like, he he's in the, like, Mount Rushmore of NBA analysts. That said, Zach Lowe comparing the Bucks and Sixers collapse is fucking stupid. And I think anyone who does it needs to get their brain checked. Because, yes, the Bucks blew a 17-point lead in the second half. But the Sixers, think about this. The Sixers have now blown an 18-point lead and a 25-point lead in the last two playoff games. This series, hypothetically, should be fucking over for Philadelphia. They should be already thinking about who do we want to play, Brooklyn or Milwaukee, and get ready for game one on Monday night. But instead, they now have to go back to Atlanta and try to win the series after two straight games of just getting pounded in late game situations. I don't know what's going to happen. I really think Atlanta could win win on Friday. Like I I don't think that it's going to go I I I would be actually I'm going to say this now. I would be a little surprised if it goes 7. Because I just don't know the motivation of Philly when Philly, when the backs are against the wall for the Sixers, the Embiid's, the Simmons, Tobias Harris, they quit. And so I don't know if they're how they're going to respond to this. And I think they could lay down, and I think Atlanta could take the series on Friday. But back to Milwaukee, I don't think Milwaukee's like that. I don't think Giannis will allow it. I don't think Holiday. I don't think Middleton. I think these guys are built different. I think they're ready for what's going to happen here in Game 6. And then we'll have a Game 7. And we'll all sort of be on life support. Uh, I was I called Mitch. We were supposed to do a podcast yesterday, by the way. So we were like, why isn't tapping the keg today? Or why why haven't you guys done a tapping the keg since the live reaction? Did you kill Mitch? No, did not. I've been with Mitch. But um, I had some stuff going on at the house. And then a family thing popped up. And so by the end of it, it I ended up like 8.45 was when I got done. And I needed to take the dog out, whatever. I, you guys don't need to hear my entire schedule. But the fact is, is I just didn't have the, Mitch and I didn't have the time to do it the, yesterday. Although I think it would have been a really good show because I talked to him on the phone and he had some great lines and he's definitely, I don't know what we're going to do with our boy. If, if it's game seven, like I think I'm just going to need to buy a bottle from Brot House. Like I think I'm just going to need to buy the bottle of Jack and just say, all right, that Jack Daniels bottle is ours. 
just when we need one, just let us know. If we look stressed, just give us one. Just keep us going. And yeah, maybe if it goes bad, Mitch will just black out by the fourth quarter and he'll forget that the Bucks even lost. He'll wake up and he'll be like, oh, did the Bucks lose? Like that, that's kind of what we need. But when it comes to the choose your own adventure, it's like, where does this go from here? So if the Bucks lose tonight, we know that they're they're going to get rid of Mike Budenholzer. Like Mike Budenholzer will not be long for the job. They'll do an exit interview, and Mike Budenholzer will probably part ways. There, there's already been rumors from non-trustworthy NBA people who said, yeah, this, the writing's on the wall. They could need a change. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wanted to opine on the jump, saying the Bucks aren't built for a championship. Shout out to Kareem. You know, Kareem fucking bastion of milwaukee sports never forget that he fucking went to los angeles because he didn't like it here um so just remember that when you whenever kareem puts the bucks in his mouth and i'm so glad they never gave him a coaching spot because that would have been the worst thing they could have ever done but anyways um so yeah kareem thinks they're not going to be a championship team so yes mike boonholes are probably gone if the bucks lose I don't know if there will be any more wholesale changes to Milwaukee. I don't think, obviously, anything like in their front office. I think they'll they'll keep everything together. I know there have been a lot of rumors about Masai Ujiri um, potentially maybe making a move. Now, that would be really interesting if the Bucks did that. But who knows? Maybe Masai is going to have other opportunities and he or he's just going to stay in Toronto and try to rebuild the Raptors into a championship roster. Now, unsure there. That would be the only front office possibility. As for the team itself, I think there's going to be a lot of smoke. I think there'll be a lot of pundits that think the Bucks need to change their roster. Um, and I think that's just overreactionary. And we can talk about this if the Bucks don't get to the championship uh, in, at a later podcast. But I, I just don't foresee a reason to close the window on Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis. You paid all these guys and that you paid him for a reason. I think moving on from a guy like Brooke Lopez probably makes some sense. I thought it made some sense last year, honestly. Uh, and I think that there are other things you can do with this roster to kind of construct it in the way that you want it. And so I'm not there with getting rid of Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton. I think we're a year away from that, honestly. I think you got to at least give them two years and see what see what happens. And you could even argue that this year was different because of COVID, because of the lack of fans, and it was this really the peak of what those that big three can be. And I understand that people say, well, Chris Middleton, not a top 20 player, Drew Holiday, not a not maybe a top 30 player. They're both like in that 20 to 30. So the Bucks don't have two top 20 guys. Does that matter? Is that going to cost you a championship? I don't know. Um, so we, we can talk about that at a later date. But that's kind of the negative. And I don't usually start negative, but they had to clear the air. They win tonight, game seven, do or die. We'll see what happens. And the same stuff that we just talked about could be applied. I don't think Mike Budenholz are saving his job unless he gets to the championship. I really don't. But if the Bucks do find themselves winning game seven, they face either a, a Philly team that it's like staring in the mirror and it's two teams who have struggled in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks have had some moderate success against Philly. Or they play this Atlanta team that's this never-say-die with Trey Young out there. Now, I think actually Milwaukee matches up well with Atlanta because 
Capella, John Collins really aren't fast enough to play with Giannis off the dribble. Um, they they are definitely going to affect Giannis, you know, when it comes to the post. But Giannis can do some things, and I think Brook Lopez actually fits well with that series. Um, now Bogdan, that to me would be. You want to know what would be the most Bucks thing ever? The most Bucks thing ever would be with Milwaukee winning Game Six and Seven, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, hosting it, playing Atlanta. And then having Bogdan Bogdanovich just be absolutely out of his mind for the entire series. And somehow Atlanta actually wins and gets to the finals. That to me, you want to talk about what would be if the Bucks are cursed. And some people think they are. I, I don't know. Cur- curses are fucking weird. But people like have this whole thing that Wisconsin sports just have heartbreak. And I want to do a larger podcast on that. I thought about that. Like I want to really like go through this in maybe multiple sports so stay tuned on that part that that's coming when we we get some down period probably in july or august the most bucks thing would be bogdanovich just absolutely lighting up the bucks for the entire eastern conference finals mike boonholzer's former team going to the finals and then the bucks firing bud and here we are and the bucks thing you know we have the advantage because we're hosting but I do think they do match up well with Atlanta. The Trey Young Drew Holiday matchup, I think, is a bad one for Trey. He's had some pretty awful numbers against the Bucks this season. So I, I do actually think the Bucks are would be favored. I don't know, probably at like a one eighty. If you were doing a series series odds, I think that would be kind of where they are. Um, but it, it, interesting nonetheless. Um, and I think Brooklyn Atlanta would be really fun. I think Brooklyn Philly would be fun. I, I, I think that all the the remaining combinations would be great for the Eastern Conference. But in terms of the Bucks, yes, the the choose your own adventure is advancing against Atlanta, and then you have a real opportunity. I think I think the thing is here. To kind of put a bow on this choose-your-own-adventure, which it, it maybe is a little less of a choose-your-own-adventure versus here's where it is. If the Bucks advance, they could play it. They could host. They could have Game 7 at home. And then also, too, there's a real chance maybe the Bucks could host in the finals. Look, this Clippers team, man, they keep winning games. And they beat Utah on the road. And I kind of think the Clippers are going to win this series. And then it's Clippers' sons, and who knows? You know, Chris Paul, is he going to be back because of the COVID? Is he not? And we'll just see. Maybe Paul George is going to rewrite his history, which if he does, that sucks for Chris Middleton because I think Chris Middleton and Paul George kind of unfairly get lumped together because I think Paul George has had more playoff failure than Chris Middleton. But um, I think they will. And and if Paul George keeps this up, who knows? Um, So we'll have to see. But I do think the window is kind of open for the Bucks this year more than other years. This is such a wide open playoffs. I don't think anyone could know who's going to win the title right now. And that's crazy. I think by usually by this time, we've already had a, a team or two advance. But it looks like, so every series is at least going to go six. Or three out of four series are going to go six. There might be some game sevens. It's an absolutely bananas year. And I'm enjoying it. I just need to keep myself up during Clippers Jazz. I've fallen asleep for Clippers and Jazz. I think two, three of the games this this. I'm such an old man, man. Uh, I woke up to the Clippers winning, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because uh, I I fell asleep by early late second quarter. So yeah, that that's nuts. 
But here nor there, we'll see what happens. Game six, we'll have a podcast tomorrow uh, recapping whatever happened in game six and game seven. I will tell you now, it will be a morning show. Um, we'll probably t- get it up um, probably before 8.30. And be, and let me, let me just tell you right now, probably will not be in the best condition, uh, win or lose. Uh, I think if we lose, I think I'll be in worse condition, honestly. Let's talk about LeBron James. So LeBron James can never really be ignored, right? LeBron James always has to kind of get himself involved. Uh, there was the new, I think there was a new Space Jam trailer that came out. But more importantly, LeBron had some comments about all the injuries. So here's what LeBron said. They didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of our players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. That was in all caps. These injuries are not just part of the game. It's lack of pure rim rust before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine All-Stars have missed playoff games, most in league history, in parentheses. This is the best time of the year for our league and our fans, and but missing a ton of our favorite players, it's insane. If one person knew about the body and how it works all around, all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of all of our players, and I hate to see this many injuries this time of year. Sorry to the fans. I wish you guys were seeing all your favorite guys right now. And I know the business side to slash factor, so don't even try me. I get it. So LeBron... You know, obviously, this is quite the rant. There are some who are saying, hey, look, LeBron's right. I saw Dan Wolken, who is the most woke columnist in the game. Dan Wolken, I think, does hate sports. Like, I think it's just a job, and he's like, what can I be mad about today? Dan obviously agrees with LeBron. Not fucking surprising. But I don't, because LeBron just misses this altogether. And I think this is absurd revisionist history from James. I don't really remember LeBron saying anything. Nobody really said anything. LeBron mentioned, hey, we shouldn't be playing this All-Star game. Guess what? He played the fucking All-Star game. If LeBron didn't think that they should have been out there, why the hell did he play to start the season? Why didn't they just rest for the first, I don't know, 10 games? Why didn't they just sit? Why didn't he say, I have an ankle injury, I can't play? Like, make something up, Right? LeBron got, when LeBron got hurt and LeBron had his ankle injury, he got rolled into by Solomon Hill. Kyrie fell on Giannis's foot. He had an ankle injury. That has nothing to do with it. Kawhi's soft tissue injury, yes, okay. That's an injury, could have been prevented. But the fact of the matter is, is like some of these injuries are, yes, soft tissue, but some of them are just basketball plays. And it happens. And it's part of sports. Chris Paul getting COVID is not a reason for this schedule. It's the pandemic. It's the NBA's testing policy. Why are we testing guys who are fucking vaccinated? That makes no sense at all. Absolutely fucking none. Here's the thing. If Chris Paul has COVID and he's vaccinated, he is not a carrier. He is asymptomatic. He has no reason to enter the health and protocols. If I was a son, if we were some Suns podcast, I would be banging the door on that. So that has nothing to do with this schedule. So LeBron acting like, okay, I, I know my body. Yeah, LeBron's kept his body in such great shape. 
And yes, sure. But the fact of the matter is, is the NBA put themselves in a no-win position. Because they took so long to come back, which, look, I understand. It was an indoor thing. You needed to have the bubble. The bubble made sense. And you couldn't cancel the season. But because you had to play an extra, what, 16 games to make sure the TV revenue, the, the cash, the checks cleared there. And because that led to the playoffs starting, at what, three weeks later than they should have, probably. And you could have had some practice games and everything like that. It bled in. You didn't finish the season until October. And yes, the NBA pulled a fast one on the league because the league thought that, or players, excuse me, the NBA league, the, the players thought that they were going to start around Martin Luther King Day. And that was the idea. They were going to start around Martin Luther King Day. The NBA realized, looking at the schedule, said, oh my God, we'd compete against the Olympics. Oh my God, what would we do for next season? Oh my God, we just need to reset. So then they're like, well, and we're going to, oh, and we're going to miss Christmas. So the league's like, nope, fuck it. We're coming back in late December. And that's when we're starting. And people agreed. People were like, all right, this is fine. Nobody put up a fight. And that's the thing. It's like no one really put up a fight. They all went along with it. So despite the complaining, despite the bitching, everybody falls in line with the NBA. So what is it? Like, how do you change this? And I think it speaks to why Adam Silver let the players have too strong of a voice in the NBA. Roger Goodell doesn't care. And I don't think Silver really cares. But Roger Goodell didn't allow this stuff. And the NFL just kind of does their thing. I guarantee, as Charles Barkley would say, guarantee that you're going to have more injury stuff with the, with the NFL this year. They have an extra game. Of course, there's going to be more injuries. Of course, there's going to be more concussions. Of course, you're going to have more players out. They banned fucking Tortorol. And that's going to cause some problems. Like, which was very slide under the radar. I think it was like a late at, late evening story. Like, oh, hey, BT Dubs, Tortorol, not a thing anymore. We're not doing it. So the fact is, is like, the N- the NBA is, is the NFL is going to have similar issues, but but back to the N- NBA, you had to do it this way. So I understand LeBron getting on his Mount Pius and letting everybody know he was against it. That he sucks that all these players are out, and it does suck. I'm not going to lie, but that's sports. It's it happens. And I know he said, "Well, it's not part of the game." Well, look. These, it's not like these playoff schedules are that aggressive. You're playing every other night, and that's that should be that's normal. That's normal, man. We can, yeah, maybe the, you can't have the two days off, but I don't know. For a, for as a fan cheering for my team, I'm really glad I don't have to wait till Saturday for Game Six, and I'm really glad that I don't have to wait till next Tuesday for Game Seven. I love this kind of format. I think the NBA should keep it this way. I think it keeps fans more engaged. And having the long layoffs for playoffs only only sort of takes away from some of the energy sometimes. And if Durant, let's say Durant or Harden gets hurt tonight, just hypothetically saying I don't want any of them to get hurt. And yeah, it could be honest, it could be holiday. So I'm just putting it out there. Look, they played... A ton of minutes yesterday. 
They played a ton of minutes in game, in game five. That should be on the coach too. So LeBron can say all he wants, but he there was business reasons. They had to reset their season. They wanted to get back to normal next year. And unless the league was willing to commit to starting in December, which apparently they had no interest in doing, that wasn't going to happen. So they wanted to reset, and here we are. So I'm sorry, LeBron. I'm sorry for everyone who got hurt. That's just sometimes life is not fair. Wrapping up the show with the Milwaukee Brewers. So Brewers are red hot heading into their series against the Cincinnati Reds. The Brewers were feeling good, feeling great. Uh, They were tied for the NL Central lead. The good news is they still are, despite getting swept by the Cincinnati Reds. So Brewers' offense went away completely. Um, They had no offense. They scored four total runs this entire week. Um, Now, some of that could be due to the fact Tyler Molle is an all-star. He's been really good this year. He's been really strong. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez has been in revelation for Cincinnati thus far, and he's been very good as well. And then Luis Castillo, been terrible all year, but he he had the highest BABIP of all pitchers in baseball. At some point, Castillo was going to start getting some luck, and his breaks were starting to go his way. Yes, they couldn't attack that awful Reds bullpen, and I don't really understand that. But the fact of the matter is, is at some point when you're hot, especially in baseball, it's going to even itself out. And that's kind of what I think you saw this series. And you also saw a team in Cincinnati Reds that's hot in their own right, that's playing really good baseball. And sometimes when two red-hot teams meet, one of them overpowers the other. And that's what the Cincinnati Reds did. And I'm not going to be that concerned about this offense because I look at what's coming up for the Brewers. They head to Colorado tonight. They're in course. One of the best places to hit the baseball. Then they play an awful Arizona team. So as long as you can kind of win these next couple series and have a pretty successful mountain road trip, everything's going to be fine. I'm not really that worried offensively because you have ample opportunity to take advantage of some really bad pitching in the next few weeks, few days. Now, I know Colorado plays well at home. That's kind of been their calling card. They're awful. They're awful on the road, but they're actually pretty good at home. But still, the they're going. There's going to be offense. There's going to be offense this weekend, and so that will give the Brewers some opportunity to kind of get themselves going here again after three brutal games where they only scored four runs. I don't expect that to happen in Colorado. I'd be very surprised if the Brewers' offense is non-existent when they're facing the Rockies. And then Arizona, and then the Rockies again, who playing the Rockies at, on the road or at home is even better because the Rockies can't really play on the road. They're, they have five total wins this year on the road. And then you'll play the Cubs in what will be a massive series um, next, Monday, June 28th. So looking at all of that, uh, I, I'm not going to worry too much. The one thing that is concerning is you've let sort of Cincinnati get back into things. Cincinnati right now has, they've cleared their run differential. They Same with the Brewers. They're at a zero run differential, and they are two games back of the Brewers and Cubs now. And the St. Louis Cardinals are three back, and so now it's become a four-team race. Cincinnati has sort of made themselves a factor, and they, they aren't even that healthy. 
right now. Eugenio Suarez has been terrible. Mike Moustakas has been on the DL. By the way, just really quick, for all those who are like, oh, what was David Stearns doing not bringing back Mike Moustakas? The guy hasn't been able to stay healthy for his time in Cincinnati. So uh, good call from everybody on that one. They play a Padres team this weekend on the uh, at home or on the road? On the road, who's been struggling. Uh, they have not been playing well. Uh, but this is kind of a tough stretch for Cincinnati. So even though you've seen some struggle with San Diego, they have to play San Diego for four. Then they go to Minnesota, who's not good. Then home for four against Atlanta, which will just be a um, a, a blow, you know, bloodbath of offense because Atlanta just all they do is just hit dingers, but they can't really pitch. So it'll be very interesting to see there a makeup game with Philly. Then then San Diego for three, home to play the Cubs on Fourth of July weekend. And then on the road against Kansas City before playing Milwaukee twice. And then that Brewers-Milwaukee series will be really interesting. So really, the only reprieves they get are Kansas City for three and Minnesota for two. And those also are on the road. So that's five games. So so the Cincinnati thing, should we be worried about Cincinnati? Look, they have the offense. They have somewhat of the starting pitching if Castillo gets going to be, be considered, to be in the mix. But I can't really trust their bullpen at all. And that's always a concern to me. And I I don't know. I just don't see it. And I, I, maybe I'm a Reds hater. Um, but I just can't see Cincinnati sustaining this. I just think they've gotten hot based on their schedule. They've got St. Louis at the bad time. They got to play Colorado at home. I think they're just benefiting off of that. And I think that's really where where they have. But to give them credit, you know, they're 10-2 and two in their last 12. They're playing good baseball. And, yeah, maybe they take advantage of a San Diego team that has the wheels are slowly falling off for them. They just got swept by the Rockies. They almost got swept by, yeah, they've, wow, San Diego. Talk about a team that's fallen off the map. So maybe maybe the Reds are going to kind of get take advantage here. So San Diego, here's that's crazy. They were 34-19 and on May 29th, Memorial Day weekend. Since then, they are 4-13. and 13. Yikes. Not good. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe the Reds can, t- can take advantage tonight and take advantage this weekend. So that will be something to keep your eyes on if you're a baseball fan and want a little distraction from the NBA. But I'm not really too worried. Um, it's baseball. Think sweeps happen. You're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every series. Um, so Brewers are still 38 and 30. That's pretty damn good. And just have a pretty good West Coast road trip. I think realistically, you'd think you'd like to think the Brewers can go four and three. Um, worst case scenario, three and four. Um, but let's let those losses be to Colorado. Yeah, no, three and four. Actually, you know what? They need to be four and three in this series. Arizona's so bad. You can't lose the series to Arizona. Uh, you just can't. They're the worst team in baseball. You got to take advantage. You got to eat uh, when you're playing the Diamondbacks this year. So that has to happen. Yeah, you could lose a couple to Colorado, but that that shouldn't that shouldn't be the focal point. So we'll see what Brandon Woodruff does uh, tonight. As he takes on Herman Marquez uh, at Coors, um, and we'll see we'll see what happens this weekend. Brewers have had some weird games in Coors Field. It's not a not a friendly confine. Uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers as well. So that that does always worry you, that this is just a weird stadium for the crew. 
All right, that does it for our Thursday show. We'll be back tomorrow, like I said, probably a little later, our morning podcast again for sure, uh, with, I'm sure, me being out. As I said at the Open, Broadhouse will be there. Supposed to be some bad weather, so maybe we'll be upstairs versus the beer garden. Um, But feel free to come join us, man. It it was fun. It's $3 Tall Boys tonight at the Broadhouse. So uh, we should have some fun. If you're there before the game, if you're going to the game, probably try to be there around 7. So make sure you say hi, say what's up, let's have one, and I'll definitely definitely sponsor one. All right, take care of yourself. Have a great Thursday. Go Bucks. We'll talk tomorrow. Bye.